to the Very Well Mind podcast. We've interviewed over 100 authors, experts, entrepreneurs, athletes, musicians, and others to help you learn strategies to care for your mental health. This episode is hosted by psychotherapist and best-selling author Amy Morin. Now let's get into the episode. You're listening to The Friday Fix. Every Friday, I share a quick mental strength exercise that will help fix the thoughts, emotions, and actions that drain you of the mental strength you need to be your best. Now, let's dive into today's episode. Today, I'm sharing the first thing you should do when you experience anxiety. Anxiety feels awful, and most of us will do just about anything to feel better when we experience it. But when we're desperate to feel better fast, it's really tempting to reach for things that aren't helpful. Many of the things that give us momentary relief actually create bigger problems for us in the long term. So before you jump into action to address your anxiety, there's something you should do first. Ask yourself, is this a real alarm or a false alarm? Answering that question can help you get a better handle on how to respond to your anxiety. We all have anxiety alarms and our alarm systems are kind of faulty. They go off when we don't need them to and we feel anxious when there's no reason to actually be anxious. Yet we often respond to those false alarms as if they're real. When you experience anxiety, it's important to step back and determine whether you're in any actual danger. If you don't, you're going to make some poor decisions and suffer more than you need to. Here's an example. Imagine that your boss asks you to give a presentation at a big meeting. An hour before the presentation, your heart starts beating fast, your chest feels tight, and you feel like you can't breathe. Your body's preparing you for a life or death situation. The reality is, though, that you're not facing a life or death situation. Although delivering a presentation might feel scary, your chances of dying are really small. Sure, you might trip and bump your head, but that's not what you're afraid of. You're anxious because you're afraid people won't like what you have to say or that you'll embarrass yourself. While those things feel uncomfortable, they're not lethal. And your body's reacting as if your life is in danger. Now, imagine that It's the end of the day and you're getting in the car to drive home from work. You turn up the radio and breathe a sigh of relief as you drive down the road and you start thinking about what you're going to do tonight. Your body and your brain instantly relax, even though driving the car is much riskier than giving a presentation. While you're on the road, there's a chance that you might get into an accident where you could get seriously injured or even die. But because you spend so much time behind the wheel, your body doesn't react as if it's a dangerous situation. Here's what happens. Your body's meant to shift into a fight-or-flight mode when you're in a risky situation. When your brain senses something stressful, it sounds an alarm that prepares you to handle the challenge. But like I said before, our alarm systems are faulty. It's like this smoke alarm I once had in an apartment where I used to live. Every time I took a shower, the steam set off the alarm. It was a false alarm, though. Our anxiety alarms do the exact same thing. They ring loudly sometimes, even when we're not in any actual danger. Here's what happens when your anxiety alarm bell rings. Your glands respond by pumping the hormone adrenaline into your bloodstream. As it circulates through your body, it creates a physiological response. Blood gets sent to your heart, muscles, and vital organs. Your pulse goes up and your blood pressure rises. Your heart beats faster and you breathe faster too. Your airways open up more so you can take in as much oxygen as possible. The extra oxygen goes straight to your brain so you become more alert. 
your senses become heightened, and your body releases sugar and fat from temporary storage sites so you have more energy. All of those things might help if you're in an actual life or death situation. If you encountered a poisonous snake when you're hiking through the woods, that response could help you. It might make you better equipped to run or look for more danger when your body sounds the alarm. What your brain doesn't realize is not all stressful situations need your body to be in fight or flight mode. But when the alarm bell rings and you're not in any physical danger that requires you to take action, you might respond in a way that makes things worse if you don't recognize it as a false alarm. Let's go back to that example of giving a presentation at work. Imagine that right before you walk into the room, your brain sounds the alarm. It communicates to your body that it's time to be in a heightened state of alert. It sends your nervous system a big burst of energy so it can respond to danger. As soon as you notice that your heart is racing, you start to think, I can't do this. I'm going to sound like an idiot. My face is going to turn red. I'm going to stumble over my words. And everyone's going to see I have no idea what I'm talking about. Those thoughts fuel your anxious feelings. And as your anxiety increases, your brain responds accordingly. It continues to sound the alarm that says, danger, high alert. And your body responds with more adrenaline and a heightened state of alert. Those alarm bells remind you of all the reasons you should be afraid. You worry everyone can tell how nervous you are. And then as your colleagues enter the conference room, you feel like you're having some sort of weird out-of-body experience. You can't think about what you're going to say, but at the same time, you can't stop thinking about how you're going to embarrass yourself. Before you know it, your boss welcomes everyone and reminds them that you'll be presenting today. As you stand up, though, your knees feel weak and you're distracted by thoughts about whether everyone in the room can see your heart is beating out of your chest. When it's time to start the presentation, you just talk as fast as possible. You're worried you're going to forget what you have to say and you don't want to stand up there a second longer than you have to. By now, you have no idea what you're even saying. So you decide to wrap it up early and you say, if anyone has any questions, let me know. After a two-second pause, you turn the meeting back over to your boss and take your seat. As you do, you think, I knew I was going to blow it. That was awful. And right then and there, you decide you're a terrible public speaker who has no business giving another presentation ever again. But the truth is, your body was overreacting, and you responded accordingly. What you could have done is just pause and realize what's going on. And then you might be able to think about it more rationally and then calm yourself down a bit. Recognizing a false alarm isn't an actual emergency won't immediately stop your brain and your body from freaking out. But it can stop the cycle of anxious thoughts and anxious feelings that encourage the alarm to keep sounding. When you say, okay, this is a false alarm, my body's just reacting as if I'm in a life or death situation, even though I'm not, you can step back and look at the situation with a little more objectivity. If you're facing a serious situation, like you're going to have a serious talk with your boss and you're afraid you might lose your job, it's normal and it's healthy to feel some anxiety. But you don't want to have so much anxiety that it interferes with your ability to hold a conversation or do your best. Keep in mind that anxiety is meant to keep you safe. If you didn't have any anxiety at all, you wouldn't look both ways before you cross the street. But your anxiety alarm bells are probably faulty sometimes. So the next time your alarm goes off, ask yourself, is this a real alarm or a false alarm? If it's a false alarm, remind yourself what's happening, that your brain thinks you're in a life or death situation and your body's response is out of proportion to what you're actually facing. Reminding yourself of that can prevent you from adding fuel to the fire. Thinking things like, oh, this is awful, or I'm too nervous to do this, will only make your anxiety alarm bells ring louder. Instead, tell yourself, I'm anxious, but I'm not actually in a life or death situation. This is a false alarm. And your anxiety might become much more manageable. 
If you know someone who could benefit from hearing this message, share it with them. Simply sharing a link to this episode could help someone feel better and grow stronger. And if you like this show, make sure to subscribe to us on your favorite platform. Do you want free access to my online mental strength course? It's called 10 Mental Strength Exercises That Will Help You Reach Your Greatest Potential. To get your free pass, all you have to do is leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Then send me a screenshot of your review on Instagram, where you can find me as Amy Morin Author. I'll reply with your all-access pass to the course. Make sure to tune in to Monday's episode when I'll be talking to Melissa Bernstein, the co-founder of the toy company, Melissa and Doug. Melissa has battled depression her entire life, and now she's written a new book called Lifelines, and she'll share what's helping her finally feel better. Thank you for listening to the Very Well Mind podcast. If you found this episode informative, please share the episode with your friends and family and leave a rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. To learn more about the Very Well Mind podcast, you can head to verywellmind.com slash podcasts.